Hey there, I'm Dana, a registered dietitian and registered dietitian exam tutor. And this is my podcast where we go over all of the questions that have been posted to my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Study Group with Dana over the past week. And we not only chat about the answers, but why are they the answers as well as answer any questions that students have posted on the page throughout the week. This is a weekly podcast, so be sure to tune in each week for new questions. And of course, I would love to see any of you guys at the live version of this on Sunday nights at 8 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, so our first question we have for today's class is Emma is a four-year-old child with developmental dysphagia, right? Remember, dysphagia is our trouble swallowing. She is having difficulty swallowing and often gags on solid food. Emma's parents are seeking guidance on her diet. Appropriate diet is what? So there's a few different options, and these are all our ITSE levels, and definitely Remember that on my website, you can download the ITSE guide for free. Um, so options for this child are level six, soft and bite-sized, level five, minced and moist, level four, pureed diet, level seven, um, which is regular and unmodified. So the first thing I would do is kind of obviously read this question. And then what I want to be thinking about is based on the information they gave me, what can I cross out? So it's saying she has difficulty swallowing and gags on solid food, right? So seven is our regular diet. So that I should cross out kind of automatically, right? She can't have that. And then the next thing I'm thinking is I'm not a speech pathologist, right? So this one, she definitely needs to be evaluated by a speech pathologist but then you also want to think about, you want to have the patient on like the safest, least restrictive diet possible, right? So if she's cho um, choking on solid food, you know, what would be best to try next is to do that next level down six, that minced and moist diet, right? Because it's soft, it's easy to chew, easy to swallow, Um Personally, if this was my patient, I am going to a speech pathologist to see what's going on. Um, but that's what I would say too. Kind of like six is the next level down. See if she tolerates it, gets get a speech consult. Um, when we're thinking about our ITZY diet, you do want to know the different levels. It's how it's kind of displayed. And if you can't imagine this in your mind, definitely look it up or grab the download. Is it's two triangles where the top triangle starts at seven and is an upside down triangle. And then the bottom triangle is like a right side up triangle and starts with zero. And then they kind of meet in the middle for three and four. And seven, right, in our upside down triangle is our food, right? So seven is a regular diet. And then our right side up triangle is drinks. So it starts at zero, which is thin liquids. So your seven zero is the diet I'm on, probably the diet most of you guys are on, where it's regular food, thin liquids. As you get to the middle, it gets more restrictive. And there's all sorts of different subjective tests that the guide on my website will go over. And you don't necessarily need to know the subjective tests for each one. But what you want to think more is like what foods go with soft, you know, in bite size, which foods go with different levels. So like, for example, right, we talked about level six, five, four, seven. So seven is regular food. Six would be like a banana, right? Soft, 
you know, bite size, like so a sliced banana. Verse five would be like a mashed banana, right? And then four would be like our purees. So good to kind of think about the different, different examples. Okay, next one we have is domain three finance question. And remember, domain three is really tricky because it is a ton of vocab. And if you do not know your vocab, you're going to get stuck. So which expense would be a capital expense? And in this question, the student just gave two answer options. So a 60 liter mixer for the bakery or a utility cart for the bakery. So when you're thinking about capital budget, you're thinking about big, big, big equipment, like expensive. You really need to budget for it, right? Um, so this is going to be that mix is going to be that mixer is going to be the one we're going to be doing. That's going to be the more expensive of the two, right? Although every food service operation I've worked in, like those, the working carts are like coveted. And for some reason, they can never buy more working carts. Um, you know, if you work in food service, you know what I'm talking about. It's like one that works and then all the other ones, the little wheels are. Good. But when we're thinking about capital expense, we're thinking about like the expensive, expensive thing. Okay, next one um, is how has enteral nutrition helped decrease cost of a hospital stay? Option R, offering a variety of modular formulas, um, a variety of different blank. There was an answer there. Or promoting increased use of formula. So this one, and it's always hard too because sometimes you guys see questions like especially like on Pocket Wrap or other Facebook pages where they're not necessarily complete and you're like, wait, this is a great question, but like, what would the types of the answers be? And that's why I love when you guys come to bring them to the Facebook page, because you know, when we answer them on the podcast, on the Facebook Live class, it's always going to be like a tutor approved answer too, because sometimes on other pages in Quizlet, it's a little wonky. So if we're thinking about, right, because the answer options here aren't really great. So if we're thinking about like, and how would enteral nutrition help decrease the cost of a hospital stay? One of the things we're thinking about is that the better nourished patients leave sooner, recover quicker, have less complications. So here, what I'm going to be looking at is the fact that it's going to help to decrease that hospital stay by improving outcomes. And maybe that was the third, well, the fourth option that was there. Next one we have is my favorite topic, nutrition support. And for those of you guys who don't know, I'm a CNSC dietitian, so I love nutrition support. But it's hard because a lot of you guys didn't get the amount of experience you wanted in your internship with nutrition support. So it, it tends to be a topic that is more, I find, difficult for you guys just because a lack of exposure. So that's why the practicing is really, really helpful. Remember, there's the nutrition support um, course on my website too, which is great if you didn't get a lot of exposure. It goes over a review of TPN, tube feeds, and then also the calculations to make you feel really strong with that. So let's look at this one. A patient is receiving 50 milliliters per hour of parenteral nutrition solution. The solution breakdown is as follows, right? So 600 milliliters of dextrose 5%. 200 milliliters of amino acid, 10%, and then 200 milliliters of lipid, 10%. Um, and so how many calories is being, is being 
um, providing. So with TPN, remember, TPN is tricky because nothing in TPN is like the same as like anything else except protein. Protein's always the same, whether it is, you know, tube feed, TPN, or a sandwich. So we love protein. So what I would do here is kind of first be like, okay, it's telling me the patient's getting 50 milliliters per hour. And then it's telling you this is what's in the solution. If it, this would be a very different question if it said the patient's getting 50 milliliters per hour and all these things were per liter. It's not saying that, right? It's just saying this solution has 600 milliliters of dextrose 5%. Five, um, so not five hundred. Two hundred milliliters of amino acid, ten percent. Two hundred milliliters of lipid, ten percent. So that is what's in it. It's not saying per liter. So we actually don't need fifty milliliters per hour here. Again, if it said per liter, very different. So here, I'm just going to solve for what it gave me. So six, we're going to start with six hundred milliliters of five percent dextrose. And remember, with the math everywhere. You want to go line by line, keep your units tight, get it right. Because if you're just flying, throwing things in the calculator, you're going to get lost and you can't look back. And like for me, I like to use my scientific calculator because I tutor, right? And it makes my math easier. For the exam, you guys are going to be using a basic. So to find the amount of calories in the dextrose, I'm going to go 600 milliliters times 0.05 or 5%. That tells me I get 30 milliliters of dextrose. Well, this is not going to give a lot of calories. 30 milliliters of dextrose times 3.4 calories per kg. And that's going to be 200, um, 102, 102 calories is what we're doing too. So that's what we're kind of looking at there. Okay, so we have 202 calories from my dextrose. And then we're doing 200 milliliters of lipid 10%. So 200 times 0.1, 20 grams times 4. Goodness, it's not a lot, right? It's going to be 80 calories. All right, then lipid is a tricky one. Lipid, you got to be careful because it's tricky. So lipid, think about your units. It is going to be for a 10% solution, it's 1.1 calories per milliliter. So 200 times 1.1 is 220 calories. And remember, never be ashamed if you want to double check your math. I always check my math on my calculator. Could I have multiplied them ahead? Of course. Okay, so let's add this up. 220 from lipid, 80 from protein, 102 from my carb. So that's going to give me 402 calories from this. And sometimes that's tricky because you're like, ooh, like that's not a lot, right? But, you know, that's what it's telling you. So now I look at the total calories provided and options. And my answer is not here. So that is when I would kind of take a pause and say, let me say if the answer is in like, if we're, if this is it per liter. So if I ran it at 55, no, oh, 50 milliliters per hour times 24, because we always assume it's 24 unless it told me otherwise, that's 1.2 liters. 
So let me do 1.2 times 402, and I get 200, oh, why can't I read today? 482, which is an answer there. So again, I wouldn't do the per liter unless your answer is not there when you do it total. Or I would do it if it told you that these amounts were per liter. So good, good question to ask. Okay, next one. Which, um, oh, when conducting a physical assessment of a patient, which method is used to estimate fat stores, right? Options are inspection, palpitation, um, and then we have our, um, oh, goodness, why can't I read? Acoustillation, right? We're like listening. Um, so this one, the student's saying the answer is A, um, but how is inspecting a better way to estimate fat stores than palpitation um, when you're actually using your um, fingers to assess? So this one, I it's a little tricky because the inspection is seeing, right? So I definitely agree that like for your orbital fat pads, right, you're definitely going to be touching them, right? But I think what they're saying too is you could kind of look at someone and see the fat. And like especially to a big way to do fat is the tricep skin fold where you would look at it and you're like, oh, wow, thank goodness Dana is, doesn't have malnutrition, which hopefully no one thought I had malnutrition. Would be a terrible dietitian, right? Um, so what that's saying is I, it, they're trying to say like the inspection would include the looking at like the body and then also like the pinching and looking that your fingers don't touch, um, right? The palpitation, you definitely do palpate, right? Especially like the eyes. Um, but for the fat stores, it's easier to see it, like looking, than for muscles, you definitely have to be touching. So a little, a little tricky there. Okay. Um, next one is St. John's Warp has which effect on Coumadin, right? Warfarin. So, and answer options are like increases drug metabolism, decreases drug metabolism, increases effect or decreases, um, or decreases effect too. So the answer, right, this one's saying increases drug metabolism, decreases the effect. And the student is like, like what, like what does this mean? So what you want to think about is if I increase my drug metabolism, I break down the drug faster so it doesn't work, right? So it can be confusing here too because it's causing your body just to like get rid of it faster so you're not having a good effect. Um, you're not having a good effect with it too. And why you worry about this, especially with like the blood thinners and different things is it's not gonna allow it to do its job, right? So then you can have clotting. So this one is kind of the wording is um, tricky here. Ooh, we got a math one. Okay, next up. And always bring your calculators. Or not really bring your calculator because you're listening to the podcast. But always good if you have a second to grab a calculator and kind of do it along with me. So that way you guys can see. Okay, so here's the question. Okay, we have chopped, processed chopped lettuce costs 69 cents per pound. So always with my EPAP, I want to like label things. So this I'm going to do at 
my edible portion, right, because I'm looking like processed, chopped, right, is going to be 69 cents per pound. Whole head lettuce costs, right, $16 for, oh, $16.49 per 50 pound case. So I'm going to label that one, right? That's not processed. So that's that's going to be AP, but it's for 50 pounds. So like right away, I'm going to just break that down to per pound so I can have similar units. So 16.49 divided by 50. Okay. So the lettuce, the whole lettuce head is going to be 33 cents per pound. If the head of lettuce is processed in two hours at 525 per hour for labor, what is the relative value of processed? And we have our lettuce head. If the yield, right, is 75%. So this one, what you want to be thinking of, is the processed chopped lettuce is that's the cost of it like it's ready to go so there's no labor cost in preparing it so like the answer options are giving you like one price for process one price per lettuce head so this one right away you want to cross out any answers that is not pricing the lettuce the process lettuce, at 69 cents so i can cross out C and D where they're saying, oh, it's 72 cents. And then what I'm thinking is, okay, well, I need to find out how much the labor cost is per lettuce and then add that to my 33 cents per pound. So in two hours, I'm going to process that whole case. So it every hour is going to be $5.25 and it's processed in two hours. So the labor cost is going to be $10.50 for 50 pounds. So I'm going to divide that to find, right, what is, um, to find like what is my total, my total price. Okay, so $10.50 divided by 50. Okay, so it's 21, so it's 21 cents per pound. Okay, so then I'm thinking, combine my, right, total cost of, like, when I pay for one pound of lettuce, right, at the store, not at the store, when I pay for it at my warehouse, wherever I am, it's the 33 cents plus 21 cents. So, it's going to be, right, just for my, my actual AP right, price of like, what am I getting like my lettuce before just kind of all my costs is going to be 54 cents. And then I'm thinking, oh my goodness, well, I'm losing, I'm losing, right, 25%. So, right, what I want to be thinking about, what I want to be thinking about there is if I have a pound of lettuce, 
right? And I lose 25%, so I'm keeping 75%, I'm only gonna be getting 0.75 pounds of lettuce for every pound. So to find, well, what is the EP of that whole head of lettuce? What I wanna do is I wanna say, it cost me for every lettuce, it cost me 54 cents. That's what I hand the cashier in this situation from like my EP price. My denominator is 0.75 pounds because I only get, right, for every pound, I get 0.75 pounds. So that's gonna make my answer for this A, that processed lettuce is 69 cents per pound and the lettuce head that I had to pay, right, to be processed and I lost my weight in as well is gonna be 72 cents a head. So this is a great question where it shows you, right? Like, yes, on paper, right? You're like, oh, lettuce, the, you know, the whole lettuce is only 33 cents a pound. Yeah, but I have to pay for someone to process it and I'm going to lose weight on it too. So that one is a great one to kind of go through too. Um, next one is less of a question, but a reminder that whenever we cook food, we lose our water-soluble vitamins. So C and then our B vitamins. And the more higher the temperature, longer you're cooking, and also the more water you use, the more um, the more vitamins you're gonna lose. Next question we had to is, when is it appropriate to use adjusted body weight to calculate every needs? Um, every facility is a little bit different. Usually it's when they're greater than 120% ideal body weight is usually when, um, is usually when we're using that one for sure too. Some facilities it's over 30, some facilities it's over 125. That they wouldn't necessarily ask on the exam, but you could definitely, you could definitely see that asked, um, ask elsewhere too. Um, another question we had is, um, when is breastfeeding contraindicated? Answer on here is gonna be when they have AIDS because they could pass through a lot of other things. You know, even if the mom has hyperlipidemia or is a breast infection or is underweight, you still want to be feeding them too through breastfeeding. Next one, the student was asking protein needs for dialysis. HD is 1.2. Peritoneal is going to be 1.2 to 1.3 because since you're doing it every day, you're losing more protein. When it is 1.5 is for AKI on hemodialysis on hemodialysis too. Uh, next question is, elementary school plants a garden for six weeks, what would you expect to see? Options are short-term changes in BMI, long-term nutritional knowledge, short long-term intake in fruits and vegetables. This one would definitely be the long-term intake of fruits and vegetables going up because that's the whole point of the garden is to like Kind of just increase exposure to a variety of things. Thanks for tuning in for this week's practice question review. Don't forget that we are doing these live on my Facebook page, Registered Dietitian Exam Tutoring with Dana RD, every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and I would love to have you join live. You can also head to my website, danajfnutrition.com, to find out about the latest classes, as well as study tips and services. Thanks for tuning in.